Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Happy Tuesday and welcome to our broadcast. I'm Bill Shanks, broadcasting from your pie on Bass Road, 1625 Bass Road to be exact, in North Macon, also the location, 536 Poplar Street in downtown Macon, yourpie.com, yourpie.com. Let me tell you about your pie. If you've never been here in Macon, it is an outstanding pizza place. I love it. I'm very particular about my pizza, and, you know, I just don't have the pizza hut on Plant Avenue anymore in Waycross. And uh, I haven't been there in a year, so I don't know if it's good, bad, or ugly. But nonetheless, it, it, it's, it's made me very picky about my pizza. And your pie is outstanding because you pick what you want on your pizza. It's the perfect size to be able to eat a pizza. And whether you're doing the crustless like I am right now or the great dough that they have, it is great ingredients, fresh ingredients, and it is just uh, a great taste as well. They do a great job. Of, of cooking their pizza. They have different specials like the double pepperoni that they have. They've had the Philly cheesesteak in the past that was excellent. Just great tasting pizza. And right now they have all new oven fired wings that Chris Hefner will tell us all about. Chris Hefner is going to be with us large part of the afternoon talking Falcons and Braves and whatever the heck's that we're not talking about Auburn and Georgia this weekend, so drop it. Georgia's lost like 18 in a row. Not going good for us, so I don't want to hear it. And y'all, and we got to play y'all twice. We got we got two games with y'all in the next three weeks. You know that, Georgia? Day? Yes, I'm here I'm and very, there. I'm very well. How do Bill? It's been a minute. I know it. It's good to see you. Has it since Buck came? Is that the last? I think time? it might right have been. It's Christmas? been a, it's been a long hiatus. Yeah. I know you've been dealing with um, your mother, so you've yeah. had a. A very understandable reason for being away, but it's good to have you back here at the Pie, man. Always glad to, to be here and glad to be back on the road for sure. And uh, tell me about your wings. Excited about the wings. We're actually one of uh, – there's a, about, about ten test stores that we're testing wings in as a franchise, and it actually is kind of my baby. I'm the one that's been pounding the table that why we didn't have wings forever and ever when all other pizza concepts do. And the thing that I'm particularly proud of and excited about is that the actual buffalo sauce is my sauce. It's my recipe. Really? From literally 33, well, yeah, 33 years ago. How because the that? first time I ever made this sauce, Bill, was January 27th, 1991. You know what's significant about that? Wait, 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 wait. February 27th, 1991. February 27th, 1991. Hold on. Um, That's the first time I ever made this sauce and used it. In February 27th, 1991. The Braves got to spring training in January 27th. January 27, 1991. It's not significant to local sports, but it is a very famous day in sports history. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, it's the, uh, I know what it is. It's Whitney Houston. That is correct. How about that? It's the Giants and the Bills. The Bills' first ever trip to the Super Bowl and lost 2019 when Scott Norwood went wide right. Wide right. Very wide right. That's right. How about that? Well, that's and, – and so what's the sauce like? Tell, kind of describe it for us. It's, it's a little bit different. I'm not going to give it away because I really did keep this recipe in hiding for over 30 years, and that sounds silly, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, I wouldn't give it up. But it's got uh, – it's 
I'll tell you, it's, what's it, the flavor and the taste? It's got a, it's got a, it's not overly hot, but the, but it's got a nice little kick to it. It's got a little um, zesty would be a way that I would describe it. Okay. Um, but it's, it has been wildly popular here since we rolled it out. Awesome. And then we've got the hot honey barbecue, which I'm not usually a barbecue uh, guy when it comes to wings. But this has a little kick to it. It has some of my buffalo sauce mixed in with the barbecue sauce and some hot honey and a couple other things. And it is outstanding. And then we have our lemon pepper parmesan wings for guys like you who are wimpy and don't like anything hot at all. <laughs> uh, and those have been very popular as well. Awesome. And then we've got plain if people just wanted to get plain and dip it in some of our famous ranch, for oh example. Gosh. We've had a few people do that. Yeah, that, that may be as good as anything just to put it in that ranch since it's so I've, good. I've seen it a number of times over the last <laughs> month, month and a half. But, yeah, we're, well, we're real excited about the wings. They've yeah. done very well so far, and we're hoping we can – Blow it out here at the two making locations so we can make it a permanent menu item. That's awesome. Well, it, people love wings, and I, I hope you'll come and, and try wing, the wings here. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, you know, I think because I don't like hot wings makes me not eat wings as much, you know, because I think people do like those tasty, zesty, kind of like what you're describing. And I'm just, I'm, mm, because I, I don't like hot sauce and stuff like that. We're going to make you, we, like we'll, we'll, we'll steer you away from the hot the buffalo sauce, but we'll yeah. we'll make you a couple here today, and we'll, we'll let you okay. testify. Yeah. That'll be good. That'll be good. Your buddy Steve Norris was in here today and got the lemon pepper parmesan. Did he like them? He gave it two big thumbs up. Awesome. He gave rave reviews. That's great. Well, I, I hope people will come try the wings. That'll be good. And, and the great pizzas. The great white, of course, is my favorite with the, with the extra virgin olive oil, ricotta, mozzarella, feta, and garlic garlic and it's i love that pizza it's so good and it's even good with crustless i mean it's if i tell them hey give me a great white without the crust and it's delicious it's just really tasty food so i hope all of you here in macon will come to the macon locations both here on bass road and on popper street in downtown there on restaurant row with kudzu and of course famous mike's well a lot's happened christopher since i last came here we we knew that or we assumed that your boy Arthur Smith already was getting ready to depart the Atlanta Falcons, and, and that happened after the embarrassing loss to New Orleans. And then the search for a new head coach that ended up with Raheem Morris. Your thoughts on how that all kind of played out for our birds? Well, you already know that I was a little bit we – were, we commiserated quite a bit during that time, and we were both hoping for Bill Belichick. Uh, I think and, – and I say and by that, I still wish we had gotten Belichick. That said – uh, I'm encouraged by what Ray Morris, the staff he's put together so far, and the things they're saying publicly. It all sounds very good. I think the thing that probably gave me the most hope was then when he was able to entice Zach Robinson to follow him to Atlanta because Zach Robinson was absolutely a hot commodity. He had no fewer than six teams requesting interviews for their OC position. And he essentially turned them all down because he believed in Raheem Morris. Yeah. You start to hear some of his players and former players talk about him, and that gives you hope for you know a bright future. So, listen, he had one bite of the apple back in when he was 32 in Tampa. Didn't work out. But, you know, like he said, and, and I can attest, it, and I'm 52 now. Like at 32, you think you know everything, right? Yep. Uh, and I know that he's – uh, paid his dues and learned a lot and worked with some of the game's very best uh, throughout the NFL coaching ranks. So I'm excited, and there's nothing to do now but just get behind him, right, and All see right. what we do with the quarterback position because if we don't address that, which I know they will, but if we don't address that, it doesn't matter who's the head coach. No. I mean, we could bring anyone. It wouldn't matter until we get that quarterback position shored up. Yeah, I'm, I am, I'm excited, and I am. I'm genuinely excited, and I want it to work out. 
Uh, I'm going to try not to build, bring Bill Belichick into the conversation every time we talk about it because, obviously, Raheem's the guy now. And, look, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, and I've always said that I thought the second time around for coaches, and I use Bill Belichick as the, as the example, whether without Tom Brady or Drew Bledsoe or whoever he had in New England, you can't tell me that Bill Belichick was not better after what happened with him in Cleveland when he went and was prepared to go to either the Jets or then the Patriots. And so I, I think that, you know, the interim deal aside in Atlanta, which was a difficult thing for him to step into, here is the best roster he's ever had as a coach, as a head coach or interim coach. I think this roster is going to be better than anything he had in Tampa Bay that he inherited uh, back 15 years ago. And so it's like, all right, uh, take that enthusiasm that he obviously has. And, and I was genuinely, I know you watched the press conference too, genuinely of the belief that this guy, sure, was he going to take any head coaching job that came his way? Certainly. All of them are. And, you know, you talked about Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, a lot of the other first-timers that they could have hired besides dealing with Belichick or a veteran coach like Vrabel or Raheem. But this guy generally does sound like he really did want to come to Atlanta and the relationships that he had. So I'm hoping that matters too and that, that, you know, the pieces are in place for him to be successful. Of course, that biggest piece, as you said, is the quarterback. But, you know, for him to be genuinely excited about it and feel good about it, I think it's there. Especially when you look at in the not only on this current coaching carousel, but also in years past, Atlanta wasn't necessarily anyone's top destination, right? I think Atlanta was a pretty good landing spot for any coach this offseason based on the existing talent uh, on the roster. But hasn't always been the case. But there's a lot to be said for a coach coming in and being immediately comfortable where he is, for his family to be immediately comfortable. Right. It's one less big thing to be concerned about. Right. That is off-the-field stuff that people don't always take into account that matters when he's coming to an entirely new city. As, as Raheem called it during the press conference, he said, I'm coming home, and he explained why he felt like he was coming home. So that's a great thing. It's a great start. I mean, there's nothing to do with being excited about this point at this point, but lots of chatter around Justin Fields maybe being the guy that comes to Atlanta. I'm still a Captain Kirk guy myself, Bill. <laughs> well, and a matter of fact, Justin Fields, one of the big stories today is that Justin Fields has unfollowed the Bears on yeah. Instagram <laughs> yeah. and started to follow B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. And, again, as I almost throw a disclaimer out there, like I did before uh, the, the mock draft that I mentioned on the, on the dancer show at, at, uh, at 12, we're going to hear so much crap, right, over the next couple of months, rumors, stuff like this. Ooh, somebody followed somebody on Twitter or Instagram, and Lord knows mock drafts that, that it's going to be out of control. But um, – the quarterback is the thing, and, and I don't know if you've heard me say, I think I've told you, I, I just don't know, and I wish I had a definitive, this is the answer for me to feel that this is the perfect thing for them to do. You, you mentioned Cousins. Let's talk about that for a moment. And I, now, and, and today, a little bit earlier today, uh, ESPN.com, I don't know if you saw this, but they had a list of the free agents that are getting ready to hit the market on March 13th, which is my birthday, by the way, at 4 o'clock. Well, I was born at 4.20-something on March 13th. How old are you, 85? I will be, believe it or not, with my uh, undyed hair, uh, 54. I know I look like I'm 44, which is why I tell everybody I'm 44. 
But that's the day free agency starts. And so they had a best fit article today. And your boy, Kirk Cousins, best team fit Atlanta. So you like – there's no doubt Kirk has had very good seasons as of late. He was completing almost 70% of his passes last year before he got hurt with the Achilles. Why do you think he is the guy? Well, I, I just – number one, he has a track record of, of success. I know that he has, hasn't won the big one, but Matthew Stafford had never won the big one until he got to L.A. When you look at Zach Robinson, he's a descendant of the uh, Sean McVay coaching tree, right? What does Sean McVay coach up? He coaches classic pocket quarterbacks. That's right. That's Kirk Cousins. He does kind of fit what Zach Robinson or he Morris are going to try – going to do this fall on offense. So that's why – I, I think he's much more of a known commodity than Justin Fields. Let's be honest. If Justin Fields comes in, we're just kind of hoping that the, the local guy comes back and makes good because the performance, the actual results on the field haven't been there. I saw the same things you did about Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I think somebody I put it very well on Twitter. They said, you know, silly but still significant probably. I will say this. What we don't know is that – is that just posturing? Is he, is, he, is he wanting to stay with Chicago? We don't know, and we, we have no know. way of really knowing. No. So, could be very significant. Could not be not significant at all. The one thing – the one caveat I would throw out there is, especially if it's Kirk Cousins because he's obviously an older quarterback, especially if it's him, I don't think that's mutually exclusive of drafting somebody in, in, this, in this draft, whether it's right there at number eight or – in the second round, maybe with even the third round with the extra pick for Calvin Ridley. Um, like I said, especially if Kirk Cousins, when you're not trading away picks. Yeah, that that's one advantage, obviously, there. I don't know about the price tag with Cousins. That worries me, Chris, because he is a 36-year-old coming off an Achilles injury. He's made a fortune already. So, I mean, I, I know people are going to want to make as much money as they can, why they can, but still, are you going to be comfortable if they pay him over $30 million? I would say this, whatever they would pay him, it wouldn't be a long term. It would be two or three years at the most. Right. And we have all said that the Falcons are a quarterback away from really competing in the NFC. Right. So if that's true, why not go out and get the best available quarterback that's out there in terms of results and past? The past predicts the future for the most part. His past performance is right. very, very good. Was he a five-time Pro Bowler, I think? I mean, yep. Listen, I know he's got – he hasn't won the big one, but so has a lot of a lot, a, a lot of quarterbacks haven't. That doesn't bother me, though. Does, that, it mean, doesn't bother me doesn't either. Bother. I mean, that's right. what I say. I mean, it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's, I think the only thing that bothers me is that injury. You know, if I think if he didn't have the injury, I would I would probably be all on board for Kirk Cousins. Bill, are you are you, are you are you are you going back to Dominique Wilkins when he tore his Achilles? Yes. It's not it's not the eighties anymore. Know, it's twenty twenty four, Bill. But you know what? The that, miracles of modern that is technology. Still a a major operation for an athlete, and especially a thirty six year old athlete. It, and it, may, it, maybe I've got a little Mike Soroka syndrome too about that. But yeah. I mean, but look, if they feel, if they were to feel, and I'm sure every team that's going to speak with him is going to have to look at him in the flesh, literally, and to make sure because what happened to Soroka is unusual, and you do have to hope that's about, that it. That's about to say that's the exception, not the rule. Oh, no question about it. But still, you have to wonder. And I guess the good thing is he's not. Uh, it wasn't a fleet of foot before he got hurt, so it's not like it's going to hurt his his speed after um and you know you but you mentioned the the pocket pastor thing that's the one thing that kind of throws me off a little bit about justin fields um uh, i mean fields intrigues me i did see the improvement last year put him in this offense could he be better than he was a year ago well sure i think he could because i think we know they're going to get another wide receiver to complement drake london we 
are wondering and curious about what they're going to do with Kyle Pitts, if they're going to keep Kyle Pitts. And obviously the fact that, well, Chicago sure as heck didn't have uh, B. John Robinson in their backfield to kind of help Justin out. So what would that mean to him as far as the development of his game and what Zach Robinson could bring to the table for perhaps making him more of a pocket passer that doesn't have to rely on the run game as much as he did in Chicago. And isn't it great to talk about the Falcons having a quarterback's coach, a passing game coordinator, and an assistant passing game coordinator to hopefully coach up the aforementioned quarterback and the players, regardless of who that quarterback is. Right, right, right. And, and, you know, the thing, uh, and earlier today when I went over the draft, it was Daniel Jeremiah and – I, I try not to look at mock drafts before I go over them because I kind of want to react naturally to them. But in And I like Daniel Jeremiah. I think he's pretty good as far as some of the national guys. Of course, they're all predicting, hell, it's February the 20th. But he had Atlanta going with J.J. McCarthy at number eight, which I think is very interesting. And, you know, the, the different scenarios are where we could see a two – Two different quarterbacks being acquired, whether it is a Kirk Cousins or a Baker Mayfield or a Justin Fields through uh, a free agency or trade and drafting either someone at number eight that they may fall in love with or even having someone in in the second round that Penix that falls to them or even your boy Bo Nix. I'll I'll say this. I, I don't know that Bo's game is going to. I mean, you know, I would I would love that, but by the same token, if I'm never if I'm, end of if I'm being an, if I'm being a true and honest Falcon fan, I do wonder if Bo's game translates to the NFL. I think there would be some growing pains there, um, as far as his toughness and his grit and his scrambling ability, all that, and his the strength of his arm. But boy, oh boy, he threw a lot of he threw a lot of checkdowns at Oregon. Let's just say that. <laughs> but. Um, I, I really – I will say this about J.J. McCarthy. He impressed me the more I saw him this year. Yeah. Like, he made a couple of throws against Alabama that I was like, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and not not terribly not, – not as impressive as, as C.J. Stroud last year against Georgia. Right. But still similar like, wow, yeah. look, what a throw. Like, well, he was think, a player. Right. A gamer on the field. And yeah, I, he I showed was you impressed. Something. He showed absolutely. you something. And, and absolutely. You, and you know what? I, I also take a little credence into the – into the stock that Jim Harbaugh has in him. I know, obviously, he's not as objective as others because he coached him. But Harbaugh, I love Harbaugh. And he I, knows and NFL talent. Absolutely, positively. So, for him to say, and I think he said it several weeks ago, heck, if I had the number one pick, I would take J.J. McCarthy. And that may be a little too much, but still. It's easy to say when you know there's no, you're not taking a quarterback. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And, and – you know, I, I, but I am intrigued by that. And like I said earlier this, today, I, I want to see what he does in that combine setting. I mean, I, I'm just so indifferent with some of these quarterbacks that I want to be convinced. I want to be, like, bowled over to, in that setting. You I'm know gonna, what I mean? I'm going to warn you that Bo Nix is going to be very impressive in the combine setting. Do not, do not, do not fall in love no. with that because he's going to be very impressive. He's very fast, and he's got a huge arm. And he's real, and he's going to impress the the coaches with his intellect. I mean, he's a coach's son. He, oh, gra- sure. he graduated in three years from Auburn. You can insert your punchline, I know, but nevertheless, he's a he's a smart guy, and so what he's he going to. St- what did he study to graduate in three years at Auburn? I think he's a business major, but I don't don't quote me on that. Can he do it? Can he balance a checkbook? <laughs> I feel very confident. He he, <laughs> he 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 was quite the ladies' man at Auburn too, by the way. Oh, did, did pretty well Lord. though. Hey. Uh, I think if you get Kirk Cousins, you got to take a quarterback at eight, and that's yeah, what. Yeah, but, yeah. And, but to your point about Kirk Cousins, about his salary, but it's kind of a trade-off, isn't it, Bill? Think about it. If we get Justin Fields, we're going to have to trade away. I mean, I saw one wild scenario that your boy Eddie from Ackworth responded to, where they were trading away 
um, their number eight pick and Bijan no. Robinson no. and future like oh, no. to get the number one pick and take who Caleb Williams? No. That no 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 no. We we just got Bijan Robinson. Yeah no no I'm not and I didn't want him there but I don't want to trade him now because he's ours. We got to build around him now. You know no I I I, I and and you know uh, the 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 Daniel Jeremiah mock draft had. Had Daniels falling to six before the Giants took him Ooh. there at number six, which I, I don't know if I buy that or not. I don't know if they're going to give up on Daniel Jones that quickly. He wasn't all the way healthy last year. I would year. love Jaden Daniels. Oh, I would too. But uh-huh. I, 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 um, oh, no question. And and I'm I'm getting more uh, in tune with the the theory of you know if in fact. Cousins was the was the selection of like kind of let him be our Chris Chandler, let him be our guy who comes in here like you say for two years. All right, if we have to throw a lot of money at him, come on, let's go because there's no question. The Atlanta Falcons would be looked at immediately as the top team in the division with with the acquisition of Kirk Cousins, which is a good first step, right? We'll take that first step, and then you would know 100 percent. Well, unless Zach Robinson continues to make positive comments about Desmond Ritter that kind of pick our interest, that there's going to be another young quarterback brought in here and that you can't discount number eight. With the possibility of even a, an older player like a McCarthy being groomed to take over for a, or a, a, a Kirk Cousins, that is enticing to me, I think, because and, – and, Chris, part of my problem with this is, man, it's so hard to pick the right one. And I'm – because of that, I wonder even more so with the lack of patience that people have in the NFL for quarterbacks, is it more prudent to have that quarterback, even if he is drafted high, to groom him with a tremendous support system that can really make him a better player over time in practice and preseason games and, and in other areas and be behind a quarterback that he may be like you know, can can they take a J.J. McCarthy, for example, and mold him into another Kirk Cousins-type player? That That's interesting to me as far as the ability to develop a piece of clay because, man, I and we saw it last year. Sure, sometimes there's going to be a C.J. Stroud, boom, off the bat, that he can be productive and, and very effective. And other times, Bryce Young may take some time, you know. So that that is an interesting scenario that does intrigue me. And look no further than – the Green Bay Packers, who have who Met. Brett Favre, who was taken initially by the Falcons, of course, followed by Aaron Rodgers, who sat for what little I think literally three years. Yes, yeah, I think so. And then Jordan Love did most of the thing, and the, and they all to your point, they they did that old school, the way things used to be, right? Develop quarterbacks more, not just the Packers. Look at the 49ers. They had Garoppolo, they had Trey Lance, and they took Brock Purdy, even yep. though even though he was Mister Irrelevant. If you read the story, there was obviously a lot of stories about Purdy leading up to the Super Bowl before Kyle Shanahan blew another one. <laughs> there was a lot about talking about how Shanahan had to kind of beat the table to get him to take Purdy because he didn't think Purdy would be you – know, they could get him as a free agent, yes, but they, don't th- they didn't think they were going to be able to sign him. That a team that was more quarterback needy, he'd be more likely to go there. So they drafted him to kind of stash him and develop him, and look what, look what he turned out absolutely. to be. No, absolutely. And, and – I, I, that that scenario is kind of winning me over a little bit. It really is because it's. I, I think it's so hard to throw a kid out there into the fire, even if it was Jaden Daniels. I mean, how how do you know Jaden Daniels is going? I mean, Bryce Young 
obviously was taking number one. And, sure, those of us who saw C.J. in the game with Georgia were a little skeptical of whether or not that was the right move because of how impressed we were with C.J. Stroud. But still, Bryce Young has talent. Is last year going to deter that talent? Is that going to get in the way of him really realizing his potential because he was thrown out there? That That's what I think worries me about a young quarterback being the, the guy from day one. And whether it's Desmond Ritter or and J.J. McCarthy or J.J. McCarthy, regardless, how much would they benefit to be in a quarterback room for the next two or three oh years gosh. with Kirk Cousins? Yeah. You're winning me over a little bit with that. Just don't know about the price. Because I want some flexibility to do some other I, things. I do, but I don't want to trade away these picks. No, I'm with you. I don't want either. Because I, I want to see what Fontenot can do on his own. I, I, and I hope we can. All right, we're going to take a break, come back. we got Jason Walker at the end of this hour talking about the Hawks. And then uh, we'll, we're here at Your Pie. We hope you'll come get a pizza either today or later tonight or anytime. It is a great pizza place both here on Bass Road, 1625 Bass Road, 536 Popper Street in Macon, yourpie.com. Look at what they have. But get that great white. You will thank me later. And – the wings. The wings. And when we come back, Bill, I want to get your take on Arthur Smith landing on his feet as the office coordinator as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris, get the dump button ready. <laughs> it's ready. We hit Chris Ebner. I'm Bill Shanks. You're listening to the Bill Shanks Show. Back from your pie, we'll talk a little NBA here in about uh, 10 minutes or so with Jason Walker. Chris Hefner with me here on the show. Uh, well, uh, Arthur Smith, uh, the the new OC at, at Pittsburgh. <laughs> Funny thing is, he goes from one quarterback needy team to another, with um, obviously a big question mark of what they're going to do. Kenny Pickett there, and even today, I saw a rumor. I was just telling you, I saw a rumor somewhere on Twitter where someone, one of the NFL players, said that Russell Wilson was going to be the selection for Pittsburgh. Well, you know, right. I, 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 I follow the. Uh some people would call it betting markets. I call it handicapping. But if you follow the betting markets, the odds on favorite to uh, retain Justin Fields, and I say retain, is the, the the Bears. They're the betting favorite. But you know who the second? The to to second, retain him? Really? Mm-hmm. You know who the second shortest odds are? Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, Pittsburgh's been mentioned with him too. The Falcons are the third shortest yeah, odds. Yeah, the Falcons and the and the Steelers are going to be mentioned with every quarterback. I just saw a, a – Report here on ProFootballRumors.com where the Bears, Ryan Poles, the general manager who, of course, made the move last year uh, with uh, Carolina uh, to move down and um, and allow the Panthers to go up to one to get Bryce. Uh, they are expected, according to this report, to make a decision quickly on Justin Fields and it says the Bears received inquiries on Justin Fields at the Senior Bowl last month. So that's going to be the first domino. Number one, if they if the Falcons get him, okay, well, then we know what to expect. Doesn't mean we don't have a potential another draft pick coming, obviously. But if they if they get him, it'll be interesting to see if Chicago does make that move before free agency starts on the 13th. I would think they might. Um, uh, maybe. That, I think that's what they're – some of the reports I read have indicated, but the I think it also depends. It's, I don't, and I'm just educated guess here. I wonder if the Bears aren't kind of seeing what's out there. Like if they get an offer they can't refuse for that number one pick, like some kind of crazy four first round picks, Bijan Robinson, like some of the stuff. Right? Do you not say, well, you know what? Let's try to develop. Just I don't think they've drawn a hard line in the sand saying we are definitely going to draft a quarterback. I mean, 
But what do you think about those top three? Is uh, is that – I mean, I, I'd be more excited about the Falcons trading up to three to get Daniels to make sure he doesn't go to, like, the Giants at six or someone else compared to trading up to get number one to get Caleb Williams, which they would have to give up a haul to do. Mm-hmm. And Caleb Williams just doesn't blow me away. Uh, maybe we're a little regionally biased because of seeing – Daniels. I think we are, but I think some of the character stuff that we've seen out of Caleb Williams yeah. also t- also turns us off, right? Exactly. Like that's just not that's not a guy that you say, yeah, I want that guy on my team. No, um, which I don't know if that was true or not that he mentioned that he wants ownership in the team. Number one, it's unrealistic. It's not even it's not even doable. It's not just that. It's the painting of the fingernails. It's the, cr- the oh, crying no the stands. Yeah, the cr- I'll tell you what, that crying the stands. When I saw that, I was really turned off by that. It was something that just really – I mean, I know emotion could get to players, but there was something that just kind of – I don't know. It seemed almost – to me, it seemed a little contrived. melodramatic in yeah, stage. Yeah, yes. yeah I, I agree. It was a little a little much. So that's going to be the first thing that will To fall me, up. when you feel true emotion like that, you try to get out of the like, – get right. the camera out of here. Like, right. I, you run into right. the t- something. I mean, who am I to judge? I'm just saying that it, it was a turnoff yeah, in the seam stage. I agree. It didn't – it didn't seem, but again, even even with those three, I I want to see Drake May. And, uh, well, like we were talking about with JJ a little bit ago, and you mentioned about Bo possibly, you know, shining at the combine. When you still see those players in a pro setting, even in Indianapolis at the combine, they do look a little bit different than they do on a college field because you can see them as a pro player. All right, what are they going to look like now with those players, with those scouts watching them and everything? And I want to see Drake May because I wonder if Drake May. Is, is that far behind Caleb Williams? Not that Chicago would pass on Williams and go to May, but it, it's just going to be interesting to compare those quarterbacks. And even if those three quarterbacks, Williams, May, and Daniels, do perform well at the combine, how a second-tier guy, lack of a better term, like a J.J. McCarthy, could do in that setting. And, of course, then Michael Penix, if you were to look possibly at a second-round pick instead of a first-round pick. Because, look, uh, the Falcons do have to look at – all right, I mean, what if Joe Alt's available? You know, I mean, what if, what if an offensive lineman's available? Someone sent me earlier, by the way, you'll love this. Uh, my buddy Seth uh, sent me a, a, a little uh, thing about how um, the highest-graded offensive lineman last year, Penny Sewell, 93.3. And it's like, I know you're going to love this. But, you know, what if, what if they do look at, well, McGarry – you know, struggling on the right side. There's a veteran, Jake Matthews. Maybe if Alt were there at eight, maybe we'd be tempted by that. You don't know. Certainly possible, but I, I would I would think if it's hard to judge because of the change in quote unquote executive leadership. But if you think if you accept that Fontenot at least had a heavy hand in some of the draft stuff, he's always been a guy who's going to take the best player available. That's been his philosophy from day one. He said it his initial press conference. And it's kind of borne itself out. For better or for worse, he took B. John Robinson because he thought he was the best guy available at that point. Yeah, yeah. So you wonder, they might take an offensive lineman, to your point, as opposed to maybe even a greater need like an edge rusher, say, right. a Dallas Turner, just because they think this guy's just head and shoulders right. better on their board. And, of course, free agency dictates some of that because it will be before the draft. However, I mean, look, if, if, if an alt is there, for example, or the other kid with a long name from Penn State, you know, and you do look at Dallas Turner, and of course, I'm going to have a little bit of Vic Beasley syndrome with Dallas Turner, hoping he won't you, be the same. Every time you type say Drake May, I think of uh, Mr. Trubis- Mitch Trubisky, which yeah, <laughs> he's he's paying for the sins of Mitch Trubisky there. But I, 
Yeah, but uh, I, you know, ACC quarterback, yep. and and you know, and he had a little bit of a back. back. But CJ Stroud broke the, a similar mold with a Ohio State quarterback, yep. so it's, yep. prob- it's probably, and that's not probably, it is unfair. They have no, one has nothing to do with the other. But I mean, who these days gets totally bowled over by a quarterback? And I say that because you may see one that just like really impresses the heck out of you, and then you're going to think back of, well, I was really impressed with Zach Wilson. Or someone like that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's so easy to be smitten with these quarterbacks that go to a combine and do well and, and like, ooh, what, what would he do in a pro setting? And, boy, we know the difference, don't we? I mean, it's just a huge difference when they go out there and every player is just so damn big and so look, really good. But look at how what – and you know this already, but look, what a well, if you get that right quarterback, my goodness. Like, I mean, we had Matt Ryan for 15 years. Yeah. We were always set there. We were always, for the most part, not every year, but – more years than not, we were in contention. We've been in purgatory ever since. You look at the Houston Texans. They bring in C.J. Stroud. Boom, playoff team in year one. They get a playoff win. You look at the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love actually outperforms Aaron Rodgers statistically, not saying that right. – you know what I mean by that. Sure. So, and they go to, they go to the, back to the playoffs because they got that key position right in the NFL. It's a quarterback league, of course. Yeah. The Falcons have been dealing with scrubs now yeah. for the last couple of years. We have to get that this, this right. And so that's why I'm in the camp of whether it's Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields also drafting another guy. But I really like the idea of, of Kirk Cousins coming in. What if it's Baker? There's a plan B if Cousins. I, I just don't see him leaving Tampa. I, think I don't he, either. I, I'd be really surprised. I'd be really surprised. I mean, I, I, listen, whoever they whoever they get is gonna it, it, it's gonna be an an upgrade. The th- the thing with uh, Cousins, and you wonder how many teams like uh, let's mention Pittsburgh, right? That should be in the, the conversation too. Is if you really are convinced that Achilles is not going to be a problem, then you're thinking, all right, well, this is a guy who can take us from point A to point B immediately, immediately. Especially if you have those parts around him, um, that's going to be fun. I mean, I th- I think we'll know what is it February twentieth. We'll know in three weeks. I really believe that. I think we'll know right around the, when the free agency starts because you know it'll be a bonanza right off the bat. I don't think the Vikings are going to let Kirk Cousins. They'll either sign him before the thirteenth or they're going to let him shop around. And I think if he shops around, he's leaving. Yeah, I do too. I think he will too. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back. We'll talk more NFL stuff a little bit later. Uh, Jason Walker is going to join us next to talk about the Hawks here at the All-Star break. We're at your pie. Don't forget they have wings now. They have oven-fried wings. Lemon pepper. Lemon pepper. What are the other? In your Hot sp- honey barbecue and buffalo. The classic buffalo is my personal favorite. The Chris Hefner. Chris's killer sauce, if, uh, if you must know. Have you copyrighted uh, that little phrase? I, I like I, that. I haven't. And <laughs> It's, it's uh, internally within the Europe franchise it's known as Hefner's hot sauce. But I prefer Chris's I like that. sauce. Regardless, I just want you to come in and try it. The come buffalo sauce it. really is really good. Absolutely. Come try it either here on Bass Road or downtown on the Popper Street. Back with more sports talk on this Tuesday right after this. This is uh, kind of apropos for our discussion with Jason Walker as we return here from Your Pie on Bass Road in Macon talking about the Atlanta Hawks. I just clicked on a story from hoopswire.com that has some information from Mark Stein, an NBA insider, and Jason knows Mark, so we'll ask him about this. But Mark Stein wrote today the Atlanta Hawks know, quote-unquote, that they have to trade either Trey Young or DeJounte Murray this summer. The Of course, the rumors about DeJounte Murray have been very loud for several weeks and even 
right before the trade deadline, there was some talk between the Spurs and the Hawks about Trey Young. Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer has reported that the Hawks are, quote, highly likely to trade Trey Young again this summer or this summer. And so obviously um, there's a lot of rumors going on about how this franchise can get on track. Let's bring in our Hawks guru, Jason Walker, from day one on this show 17 years ago has been our Hawks guru. And I I will say this, uh, Jason, I've known him for 22 years uh, Jason is uh, extremely honest on his Twitter account and in his content, and I have never seen Jason as, as disappointed and frustrated as he has been on social media as, as of late. And, and Jason, obviously, the, the disappointment of this team not being what we thought it would be is part of that. But just give everybody your thoughts on why you are frustrated at what this franchise has done to get to this mediocre level once again. Yeah, well, that's quite the lead-in. Yeah, stick to doom and gloom. But it's true. I mean, because teams can, you know, when you're in a situation with one of of the teams that you love and watch and have watched for a long time, you have your ups and downs. But the most hopeless feeling comes when you have a terrible owner or an owner that has just shown that they're only in it to a certain extent, and most of the time it's for the money. And we've seen other franchises be like that, and certainly the Oakland baseball team has a has a fellow like that, and John Fisher out there, and and it looks like Atlanta has one with Tony Wrestler, and uh, you know he's shown over the years an unwillingness to uh, to pay a, the luxury tax, which is what you would do if you know you want to add those key pieces to uh, to the team and, and continue to to press forward, use your uh, your salary cap exceptions, mid-level exceptions, stuff like that. And Wrestler has shown time and time again he's not willing to do that. In fact, and now we've seen, especially in the last few seasons, that you know he's willing to just give away uh, key players or at least just you know players with talent for no, no on-the-court benefit in order to keep himself out of that luxury tax, which uh, you know is. Uh, a situation that, that means you better be really sharp with your roster management. And unfortunately, uh, the last few seasons, all the Hawks have done is extend contracts and dump contracts. Well, Bill, you and I can do that. You know, we're, we're a couple of uh, non-math majors out here. We, we can easily sign guys to contracts and then, you know, dump them for pennies on the dollar. But that doesn't mean you're building, uh, building a, a strong roster. And that, then... Then, Bill, you combine that with having your first superstar since Dominique Wilkins to enter your, your building in Trey Young, and you, you should be building around him, especially when he's younger and, and, and more affordable, and you, you can have even more flexibility to build a super team around him. And instead, they've squandered all these years, and now we're to the point where, where outsiders are saying, well, look, Eventually, either the Hawks are going to dump him to get some value for him, or Trey Young's going to say enough's enough and and uh, do one of those trade requests. And then you know the the, the team is back to square one. Bill, uh, they were handed mm. a gift and they squandered it. So that's why. You no, know, I was. <laughs> that sounds terrible, sure. but it is. It is terrible. Yeah. No, it it is. It, there's no question about it. I, and I I wondered. Um, 
earlier today, and there's something on ESPN right now about uh, Trey Young um, that I can't see from where I'm at, but it's on with uh, Ramona Shelburne right now and, and their NBA Today show on ESPN. They're talking about something with Trey Young, so I, I think we know what that is. But I was thinking earlier today, Jay, about our uh, – you know, we, we know the frustrations, we know the record, we know what's going on here, but what do we root for? And and rooting for an owner to do the right thing, I think that train's kind of left the station now. It's yeah. too late. I mean, we knew that with the Kevin Harder trade where we were like, what the hell did he That's just right. do? You know, <laughs> so right. um, it's like, what now what? Final. Right. Coming off that conference final, there was hope. Okay, he's yep. Tony Wrestler has a core – that he can add to to go for a championship. You could have made the excuse before, well, I wouldn't pay the tax for this roster. Or I wouldn't. Well, here's the roster that went to the final, to the conference finals, won two games against the eventual champions, and if it had not been for a referee sticking his foot where it didn't need to be and, and injuring Trey Young, who knows what might have happened there. Uh, but it didn't happen, and instead of building upon it, they kind of kept the status quo and uh, you know extended and brought in a couple guys on undervalued contracts like Dellen Wright. And, uh, you know, but then it, then he started parsing. He got close to that luxury tax. Extension started cutting in, started doing it. So you're right. You're, you're left with hoping a billionaire owner does the right thing. And, uh, you know, just he's kind of shown who he is at this point. So shame on us uh, if we continue to kind of invest any hope uh, in that. So all, the, all you can do is kind of enjoy Trey Young. Enjoy the, the the player that he is, and hope that you know everything comes together. Major League style, Bill. You know, <laughs> Rachel Phelps is the man. Yeah, hoping it all comes together and kind of uh, you know forces forces something magical to happen. And that, but that's a that's in the wish box, Bill. And you know that yeah. box doesn't open too often. No, no, no doubt. Jason Walker, I guess, talking about the Atlanta Hawks. So let, let's take a skeptic's in 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 view of this and say, all right, well, they haven't won with Trey Young. What if you did trade him and get a lot of talent back and then build around DeJounte Murray? Could they do that? Could they, could that work if they did decide to go down this road, Jason, which, I mean, we expect it would be a significant package in return. And I know I threw a package at you from San Antonio a couple of nights ago and you, you, you hit me through the phone. Um, but if they were able to find that out there, if they did go down that road and they would have DeJounte Murray for a decent contract and all these others around him, could that work? I mean, is that what we're just in, is that inevitable to a certain extent? I, th- I think then you're dog paddling like the early 2000 Hawks, pre Joe Johnson, pre, you know, uh, Al Horford, pre Josh Smith, pre, pre that team. And you're just, wallowing in 30-win territory there because you're still not willing to pay any sort of luxury tax. You still have a lot of contracts like Capella, Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, and now Anyaka Kungwu is going to be getting you know 15 to $20 million a year, in some cases over that. Yeah, Murray's contract is still, you know, while he gave, his, gave the Hawks a discount, still expensive. So you're still sort of in the same position, but you just don't have Trey Young anymore. Well, that doesn't sound very yeah. good. Uh, you know, if they if they can't win with a guy that's getting thirty and and ten <laughs> every night, I don't, I don't, uh, I think you're just in kind of purgatory at that point. So that's why people are, have said, well, then I guess you just got to restart. But you're restarting 
under the same premise as that. Maybe, yeah, you could get a team to make a run like the, the Hawks did, the Eastern Conference Finals. But as soon as people start getting expensive, you're going to be right back at this, uh, at this thing. I, but just on a side, Bill, I don't think that Tony Ressler is interested in trading Trey Young. Uh, it would have to be some kind of remarkable situation or, or Trey Young himself asking to get out which is where I think you'll hear the next news why, as they start to get, kind of get wind that wrestler's not interested. And the reason why is that if Tony is in it for the money, he's got a gate draw in Trey Young. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he'd rather just give other things away than to give away the one guy he knows folks are going to come see uh, night in, night out in Atlanta. This city loves a superstar. You and I have talked about it forever. Yep. City loves a superstar or a winning team. They can, and, you know, fans are savvy. They can sniff it out. Uh, but if you didn't have either, which is what the case is, if they trade Trey Young, uh, uh, you know, State Farm Arena would be a, an empty cavern, just like we saw in the early 2000s. Eddie from Ackworth uh, messaged me a question that I think every fan base with an owner that is perceived to be only about the money and about profit is asking and has asked and that is won't wrestler make even more money by having a winner well it's a very logical question but you know again i mean how, how many times have fans of of teams had to ask this kind of question by saying well, okay pirates you know or, or, or let's use your reds okay reds Right. Go get someone. You know, do do something with your money that you have, and instead it's perceived that they're only going after money. But, uh, you know, and, and I think the thing that blows me away is that there is a star built around that guy, right? we got about yeah. a minute left. No, that's right. I mean, and so it, it, you would think, well, geez, but the, the Hawks were in that position. You had a young superstar. Yep. You could have built around it, and they chose to go the other way and, and, and make the luxury tax the priority over a championship. That's what we saw. That's what we've continued to see, and that's who he is. So real quick, what do you have expectation-wise for the second part of the season now that it starts on Friday? I think they'll, you know, Trey Young's good, and the team is going to try to make it. They're going to, you know, I think they'll, they'll be in the postseason. And, uh, you know, they're, they're dangerous. They have a lot of talent, Bill. So I think they're going to try to win as much as, as they possibly can because the players still, you know, want to win and want to be in the playoffs and, and want to, do well, uh, but there's only so much they're going to be able to do. That's what I think they'll do for the rest of the year. Follow Jason Walker on Twitter at Jason Walker NBA. And if the Hawks lose to Toronto on Friday, he and I both will probably be <laughs> tweeting vulgarities, I would imagine. <laughs> Jason, thank you, sir. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. We are at your pie here on Bass Road in Macon. Don't forget about the location in downtown Macon as well on Poplar Street. Come and try the new oven-fired wings. If you love wings, you've got to come try these with the Hefner sauce. Ask for that Hefner sauce as well. Don't forget, obviously, tonight uh, we're going to air the, the Georgia Bulldogs baseball broadcast. It's going on right now, but we're going to air it tonight at 7 o'clock right here on the Superstations. Georgia and Georgia State with our own Jeff Dancer and David Johnston everywhere except Brunswick. You're listening to The Bill Shanks Show.